as a species, we're not doing awesome. No. You know? Oh, I, it makes me mad just thinking yeah, about I'm, it. I'm getting my, my blood pressure's rising. There's nothing <laughs> scarier than a rabid child. Oh, fuck yes. This police force was not very good. There were a lot of preventable deaths here. Like, hammer death is scary. Welcome to the World of Horror podcast. I'm Mom. And I'm Mac. And this is the podcast where we share our love of international horror. Fear is universal, but we are not afraid of subtitles. A disclaimer, the thoughts and opinions expressed are ours only. We have no credentials of any kind. We just like horror and enjoy discussing international horror movies. Also, these discussions will include spoilers. You have been warned. Welcome, Wohos! This is the last episode of Season 1, and it's Dealer's Choice. Mac chose Taxidermia from Austria, and Mom chose Tumbad from India. Let's move on to our first segment, Mom and Mac Chat. Hi, Mac. How's it going? Good, Mom. How are you? I'm great. Well, let's see. Actually, the week the week kind of sucked ass. It was not great. Then I tried to run yesterday. Uh, well, I walked for like 4.6 miles and that was fine. But then I tried to run and it didn't go well. Mm. And I was so sad. And I was like, maybe I just can't run anymore. But then... This morning, I was idly shopping um, for stuff I don't need, as you do. <laughs> as, you yeah, know, as one does. When you wake up super early. And on Groupon, um, well, sidebar, I was thinking, what if we just mentioned a whole bunch of sponsors? Do you think that <laughs> might be a way to get a sponsor? I'm not, I don't think it works like that. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great, though? So, like, I wanted to ask you what kind of pizza you had and, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm, right now, I'm drinking some bubbly. So, Diet Pepsi, please, please sponsor me. <laughs> uh, anyway, so on Groupon, they had a deal. You get uh, like a two month trial subscription to this thing called the Daily Burn, which is like a workout thing that you can do on your TV or your phone or whatever. So, um, well, yeah, I signed up for it. And they had this mobility, a daily mobility exercise, and it was like 10 minutes. And I was like, well, I can do that. So I did it. And then also, as I may have mentioned, Mr. C got me that Hypervolt hammer massager. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, used that. Anyway, point of the story is I was able to run this tonight and I feel like I'm on top of the world. I feel like I ran a marathon and um, P.S. I will never run a marathon, but I just (laughs) feel like uh, just a champion and like a beauty queen and like the president (laughs) and like... Yeah. <laughs> like a lottery winner and you're like all those things little, also this little cat's mom so oh I, I feel great so it was like the week sucked but now it's good good i'm glad you deserve isn't that so true it's like so true how about you i feel like my week has been bad like i don't know what's in the air like there's something cosmic mm-hmm. Everyone who I talk to is like, yep, I feel bad. <laughs> and like, that's how I feel too. Uh, I haven't been able to go to work because Alan has been sick and we both got tested. We're both negative. So now I can go back to work tomorrow. But it was just like, I don't really have stuff to do at home. But like, I, 
it's sad. Like I wanted to go to work. Like I just kind of wanted like a change of pace, yeah. you know? Um, and since I couldn't do that, I was just like, Ugh. and, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what, what is in the air. Some, some bad. Yeah. Planets are doing something. It's gotta be. I know it's, we, we already checked. It's not Mercury in retrograde, but there's something, something's amiss. My chakras yeah. are not aligned. Well, you can take care of that though. Oh, um, I mean, my God does not favor me. <laughs> you know how people say that. like feeling highly favored. I feel the opposite. <laughs> yeah, no, I gotcha. Um, I mean, I, I am not really one to talk because, um, the only thing I'm doing right, right now is food, which for me is like a major accomplishment, but I'm seeing, I'm not doing great with the self-talk. I'm not doing mm. great with like um, hanging out with my support groups. I'm not doing great like reaching out to other people. So I'm not really one to talk. But I know there are lots of things that can help me feel better if I will do them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's just a matter of actually um, taking those steps and doing those things. Yeah, I'm getting through these days. And so – yeah. That's like when I was running, I was doing everything I could to keep running. Like I had to do 10 intervals. And so I'd be like, okay, I'm working on one. I'm working on one, 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 one. And I had music going and everything, but I'm like, you know, one, one, one. And then um, I imagine that people were like cheering me Aww. on from like the sides of the street. And then um, what else? Um, I don't know, but I was just doing everything I could to mm -hmm. just keep going. And I even was like, you can stop like if it hurts, mm -hmm. like, but it didn't, it got a little uncomfortable, but, um, yeah. So I just did a whole lot and it was great because I, I thought maybe I was done with running like, or it was done with me, but another part of me was like, that can't be. Yeah. There's got to be a, another way to approach this that I'm just missing. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I mean, I just think I have to do a lot with my body because I just hold so much tension in it. And um, running is a way to burn it off. But if I can't even get to the point where I can run, then it just mm -hmm. accumulates. And um, it's a sad state of affairs. So I just have to stretch and do those mobilities and use the hammer and um, walk and all that. My body's probably in a sorry state. <laughs> I don't like <laughs> I I sometimes walk for work, but I really can't think of I mean, oh man. Like I um I mean, this was like a few months ago now, but I had bought this like game where it's basically like Dance Dance Revolution but on the VR and I did it for like a little bit, but sweating in VR goggles really is not fun. Um, yeah. And then the next day, I was so incredibly sore, and I was like, oh my god, like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what's wrong with me? I'm sore from Beat Saber? Like, holy shit. Um, yeah, I read, I saw a tweet the other day that was like, it's, it's, it's so stupid that getting up early and exercising actually works. And <laughs> I was like, I've never experienced that, but 
I'm willing to try anything at this point. <laughs> I I like that. I like getting up really, really early. Like I think we covered last week. I like mm-hmm. getting up like soup like three thirty or four and like doing a bunch and then by nine o'clock I've accomplished a lot. Mm-hmm. Um but if that's not your thing Maybe you know, not that early. Maybe like right. six AM. Yeah. But um you know, you could take walks at work or um, walks after work or no. I do have a recumbent bike, so I've got Ooh, no excuses. Recumbent bike. Yeah. It, yeah. Um, it's also it's like a bad. towel rack. Well, I know. And those things, I was almost bought one, but I'm like, uh, am I going to use it? And um, no, probably not. But I got an under the, under the desk uh, pedal oh. thing. Um, I'm I'm not using that either. But that was like <laughs> I've used it a couple of times, but that's like thirty bucks. Um, <laughs> but um, I think if I'm like editing audio or like just watching something on the on the computer here, you mm-hmm. know, I should use it. But um, I mean, I just probably saved myself like hundreds of dollars, so I'm not gonna. Alan Alan uses the bike, so I mean that you know there you there you go. It wasn't. Uh, it can be thought of as I went have these on a gift for him <laughs> or I can just yeah. start using it. Right. But I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, they do last for like a really long time. So you do get, you know, it, yeah. it's a val- you get value for your money. Um, but I know it's hard. And, um, but I would say just like set your, set your goal to be something you know you can accomplish. Hmm. Unlike me, where I'm, <laughs> I always set these goals that are like impossible yeah. to accomplish, and then when I don't, I'm like, oh, I'm, I stink. I'm the I worst. suck. I'm like yeah. terrible. Why does anybody even bother with me? <laughs> <laughs> you break so a mirror with your fists. I know. Don't do that because that's not a no. good path. That's the opposite of good advice. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think you should should just set lofty goals. And then when you can't reach them, beat yourself up and hate yourself. There you go. Easy. I mean, that's basically what I've done (laughs) most of my life. I'm turning it around. It's like turning, what do they say? Like turning around like a, (laughs) like a ship, like a big freighter ship. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's what I'm doing. Do they say that? Are you yeah. this up? <laughs> no. <laughs> In my 50s, I'm finally like, hmm, maybe I'm not the worst. <laughs> maybe. I'm just kidding. You're not. <laughs> well, it's funny because then I overcorrect. Sometimes I'm like, I'm fucking amazing. Like, like well, I'll, yeah, because you, you sent me a text and you said, look at how <laughs> like you do that all the time and you're like look at me i'm really cute and i'm like you are <laughs> i know it's actually true you're like the metronome swinging like <laughs> i know you want to get into it yeah let's get into it mac I've got like a lot to say about mine. I watched the movie Taxidermia, uh, directed by 
And you know what? Oh, wait, you know what? I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, my dear. But what I did was I went to this website, <laughs> which was so cool because I put how to pronounce Hungarian names. And there actually is a website <laughs> that will help you pronounce, you know, whatever language okay. names. And so I did, um, I, I got some of them. So um, if you don't mind, I like wrote I them don't. out phonetically. Okay. Well, I don't know how to say the guy, the first guy. Um, That's so actually the only one I do that. know how to say. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Moros Gavanyi. <laughs> Moros Gavanyi. Moros Gavanyi. What is that? That's his name. No, I've got written and directed by Georgi Oh, Pelfi. I thought you meant the first character. That guy's oh, name oh, is Moros Gavani. Oh, um, I didn't even worry about that. I don't fucking know how to say Georgi Palifi. <laughs> okay. So it's written and directed by Georgi Pelfi. It's mm. also written by Zofia Rutke. Mm-hmm. And it's based on short stories by Lajos Partinaja. Mm-hmm. Starring Chabazene. Um, Gergele Trochesanya, Piroska Molnar, and Adel Stansel. You're doing a great job. Thanks. There's well, also, you don't know if I am. Mark Bischoff, I, he's he's one of the main characters too. And luckily he's German, so that makes okay. a lot easier. Mark Bischoff. Um, okay. So yeah. I, so. <laughs> so Taxidermia, it came out in 2006 um, it's an international co-production of Hungary, Austria, and France. Mm-hmm. And holy shit, this movie was, I just got to say like right up front, I don't think you should watch it. But okay, that's not no me saying that it was bad. It's just there were legit times where I had to like pause because I was getting like a real bodily reaction of nausea like multiple times throughout the film. Like and almost in the last 15 minutes, I was like, I just got to keep going. I just got to keep going. But like, it was really tough. And like, like it maybe is the most uh, like, not like in a horror way, but in a, in a gross way, uh, the, like in recent times, the most gross thing I've ever seen. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's bad, but certainly unique. Okay. So taxidermia. I I could just tell you the plot and then you go, what the fuck? And then, you know, um, then then explain it. But I think it would make more sense if I explained it and did the plot at the same time. Because um, I, w- I was discussing this with a friend right before this because she was asked – because I, I was telling her, I'm watching this crazy movie right now. And so she started looking up the synopsis. And she said that the syn- whoever wrote the synopsis literally said, you can read this, but there's no way that, like, what is written here will explain to you what occurs – um, and that I have to agree with, but okay. So I'm, I'm going to try to do both at the same time. And I picked this movie because I don't even know when, but forever ago, I saw this like top 50 most disturbing movies ever. And it was on that list and I've wanted to watch it ever since, but just never did. Um, and yeah, it deserves a spot. So <laughs> came out in 2006. It's defined as a surrealist comedy drama horror film. And I would actually say, I don't know if, like, I think it works in body horror, but, like, 
there's nothing scary about this movie. Like you won't ever be scared. It's not about that. It's more about feeling like you might throw up. Um, so, okay. So there's, we're at a remote Hungarian military outpost during the second world war. And this, you should know that there, this story follows the, um, three generations of men, um, in each generation mirrors a, um, a different time in Hungarian history under different political rulings. So this first act is fascism and each and every character in this movie, the, the three guys, their story tells of somebody who is rebelling against their current political climate with their body, like um, mm. enacting that rebellion through their body. Um, so, okay, we got a remote Hungarian military outpost with orderly Moros Gavanyi. I knew I was like, I kept listening to the name. I was like, I'm going to get this right. So he lives, um, Wikipedia has it written so well, a wretched existence of servitude beneath the heel of a lieutenant. When he, when we see him first, he's like got, he's, he's really cold. Um, and he's got just this one candle that he keeps on like kind of putting towards like different parts of his body. Like he's so cold. And, um, the actor who plays him is like so interesting looking. Um, and basically, I mean, he's just, he just works like a dog underneath this guy, but he, all he can do is kind of like be in service to this guy. Like he's not even kind of like ever shows resentment. It's just like, yes, sir, this is what I need to be doing, sir. And he lives in this crusty little shack next to the latrine um, for this guy's family. Cause at first I was confused. I was like, wait, military outpost, but he's just kind of working for this, his Lieutenant and Lieutenant's family. And Lieutenant has a wife and um, two daughters, and Moro Scavagni has, you know, nobody. Like, he lives, he, he's so close to the latrine that, like, uh, he, he, there's several scenes where he's just listening to people pee. Um, and he also is extremely, extremely um, sexually frustrated. He, there's, like, a scene where he is, and you, like, I got to say the way that the director set up some of these shots where you just kind of know with a growing dread what is about to happen. He's looking, he's sitting in his little shack and the lieutenant's two daughters who who are like young women. They're not like children, thank thank God, but they're like, you know, maybe in their 20s or 30s. They're like running around throwing snowballs at each other and he's sitting in his little shack and there's a hole he can look through and he finds this like circular hole. He gets Vaseline and puts it around the hole, then puts this little, like, cloth in it, and then sticks his dick through, um, and then a chicken that is right next to him <laughs> bites it. Um, and so he's just doing whatever. And basically, his act of rebellion is fantasy. Like, it's just, he, in order to escape living under kind of fascism you know him just under the heel of this lieutenant he fantasizes about the lieutenant's wife and his daughters and having sex with them and about having and about being um like someone who was revered and loved and stuff and eventually um they are cooking this pig and the pig's parts are in 
um, his little shack, and he begins to have this like wild, crazed fantasy that the lieutenant's wife is there with him, and so he begins having sex with her. And I say that this is it's ambiguous whether or not this is like actually happening because then we realize through the the framing that it keeps flickering through the wife and then the daughter and then another daughter and then the pig oh. and then the wife you know it just yeah. keeps flickering through till um and then he he orgasms and then he falls asleep on top of the pig wakes up and the lieutenant catches him and just shoots him in the head um oh jesus and um and i i guess this is kind of where this kind of begins this interesting moral that this director seems to have, which is this character has been rebelling in terms of, you know, fantasy and being a sex maniac, you know, underneath this ruling of fascism. But ultimately his rebellion leads him to being exactly what the powers that be think that he is and why this this ruling needs to be in place. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. we need to have this guy be our orderly because he is a fucking sicko who'd fuck a pig, you know? And I found that yeah. to be very interesting. Um, and I say it was ambiguous because the lieutenant's wife is pregnant and she gives birth to a baby with a pig's tail, you know? Interesting. I, I like to think of it as she was the vessel for him and this pig. <laughs> <laughs> um, who was dead the whole time? I should add. Um, and so wait, little... wait, the 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 pig was dead the whole time. Yeah, it was just the pig's body. He fucked a dead pig. Yeah. Okay. He lives in like squalor, like, um, and the the lieutenant takes. It's a horrible scene where he takes this tool and cuts the the baby's little pigtail off in very grim, like zoomed in detail. And now we get to the part of the movie that really had me like heaving. Um, okay. So so that was supposedly Moros Gavani's um son. Uh so now um the lieutenant raises the new child, Balatoni Kalman, as his own. Decades later, Kalman has grown into a champion Hungarian speed eater, and this part of the movie <laughs> focuses on communism. And this scene is like the most – and I was listening to it with headphones, which makes me a clown because it was – it was like just – like they did their best to make this the most disgusting thing ever. Just all of these men, sweaty, you know, like looking wet. It's not even food. They just have giant spoons and it's soup. Like – and they're just like, you know, just – and it's like the this, this soup is falling out of their mouths, you know, as they're eating. And um, so Kyle and I really was like, I, I was like reaching for my biscuit that I was about to eat. And I literally was like, never mind. Like, I can't. If I do that, I, I'll be sick. <laughs> like, I can't even. There's like, I know it just might be easy to say to you like, oh, yeah, speed eating. It was pretty gross. But like, they went, they did their job to make this like. Oh boy. So basically how Kalman uh, rebels is he consumes, you know, um, he, he's really intense about being a speed eater and <laughs> he, the Hungarians want to get um, speed eating to be recognized as a legitimate sport. And so him and this other guy, um, 
I don't remember his name. Um, they're kind of, they're both Hungarian, but they're kind of in competition with each other. Like who can be the best speed Hungarian either and who's watching them. But this, this woman's actually really, she was really beautiful. Um, there's this woman who's another speed eating, eating champion, Jeezy. And, um, they're both just vying for her affection and um, they're both so distracted by her beauty that they don't, that they both, like he gets second place, I believe. And then the next time that they compete again, trying to impress her, he gets lockjaw and um, is in the hospital. And basically, you know, she has sex with, with his uh, other Hungarian sports mate, um, but then does marry him. And there's a really interesting scene where, she is really the most famous one because she's like lauded as this champion of speed eating and they're vacationing together. And what is the most sweetest scene of the movie is just these two, these two people just like happily enjoying each other's company. And they're both, again, really serious about speed eating. Like it was kind of interesting the way that they were talking about it with each other, like, like just like it was serious business. Um, but s- this uh, politician or like rich guy wants them to both come onto his boat and like perform for them basically. And so, you know, they're both speed eating on this boat. She's pregnant and she gets so sick. And again, just, it's like, I've never seen such good makeup depicting a sick person. They give, they give birth to their child um, who, when they see him in the line of children, he's the smallest one. And it's a really sweet scene because Jeezy goes like, you know, he's kind of like small and, um, and Kalman goes, it does not matter. A child is a child. And it gives you hope, but that hope is misplaced because now we go to the third act and this is capitalism and it's more modern now. And the son of Kalman is this super tiny guy. Like anyone, Google Mark Bischoff right now. Like he is the most interesting looking man. He kind of looks like if if you've seen the the original Office, the guy who played Dwight, like a little bit like that, like really severe looking. Oh yeah, yeah, gotcha. yeah. And he is a taxidermist, um, taxidermy. And he, um, we've since found out that Jeezy left um his uh, his father and him and he now lives with his father in this taxidermy shop that he runs his dad lives in the basement and it has like this insane makeup like literally like like fat bastard times 50 you know that kind of makeup like this man he looks comically huge um but that's kind of it's like surreal you know and he has three really big cats that he takes care of and i say that they're really big cats because at first i was like did they fuck up the cgi because the cat looked so big to him and then i realized like oh no, no no these cats are just supposed to look really big like just imagine a regular cat and really so there were some like special effects that were a little bit odd and he feeds the cats butter i don't really know um but basically um it kind of ends with um <laughs> he the the son oh i forget his name uh Lajos, Lajoska, Lajoska, i think is his name he he leaves his dad because his dad's immobile and is like, you know, always kind of like belittling him for not being good at speed eating and stuff like that. And ca- talking about his glory days, um, even though his wife has left him and he's just sitting here and like his son has to take care of him. And when the son comes back, after a little bit of getting angry and going away, the dad's stomach has exploded, a la seven, Aww. and the cats have eaten him. 
So <sighs> he taxidermies his dad, and in his final act of rebellion, um, and and I. I y'all, I might sound smart. I had to look up like what this movie was like because while I was watching, I was like, "What the fuck is happening right now?" <laughs> um, but in the final scene, he taxidermies himself, and mm. it's a really beautiful scene. Like it looks insanely realistic. But again, listening to it with headphones and watching it, it like it's extended, no music, just sounds, and it's like horrible. Um, and so this this kind of analyzation I found online, admittedly, was saying that in an age of capitalism where supposedly you can get anything that you want, like anything mm. is commodified, he um, excavates himself. You know, he takes in nothing um, in, you know, but in the end, this man comes into his shop and wanders down and finds him like the taxidermy guy and puts him up in a museum and is explaining, you know, the, the beauty of what he has done. But in the end, he's still kind of, um, a commodity to be consumed by these artists, you know, who are like, Oh, very interesting. Um, so yeah, the movie's really bleak. It's like, you can rebel against what political powers are in place, but in the end, Doing so within the framework of these political powers, like your response to it in a way kind of enables that to be strengthened because you're giving power to it. And in a way, I kind of agree. You know, it's like, like uh, when I think of like being trans and stuff, I think of like, um, I don't have any, and I don't th have anything against anyone's gender presentation, but a lot of people's gender presentation still exists almost sometimes as a response to the binary. And in my head, I'm like, I think the binary is silly. I don't want to be a part of it. I don't want anything I do to be within that. You know, it, mm. it's kind of like what people say about like, oh, if you, and I'm not saying this, but you know, it's the, the argument of like, oh, well, you don't want to be like everyone else. But if you're like a goth and specifically following these specific things to be a response to what you don't like, you're still kind of playing into that role, you know? Yeah. Um, whereas kind of the true rebellion would be to just do whatever you want and, you know, be completely outside of that. Um, and another thing, I, it, a lot of um, the ways in which these, these male characters want to, the way that they see power is in being with a woman and exerting control over a woman. And I find that to be like, I don't know. I don't enjoy that. You know, like, um, like I, I didn't really mention it, but the, but the last guy, he, he's kind of like a little bit like an incel kind of thing. Like he, he flirts with this girl who's like working in the grocery store and she doesn't flirt back. Oh, poor, what was you? Like, I feel bad for the girl your creepy ass is talking to while she's at work. <laughs> like, um, but and I like this idea of using your body as rebellion, but I, I kind of would be very interested in seeing it more as I'm not saying people's, I'm not saying cishet men don't get their bodies policed because they certainly do. They're certainly like idealized things for everybody, but, um, certainly body policing happens very strictly and, you know, aggressively towards women in particular. So I would be very interested to see. Um, and a look on that from the view of a woman or somebody who's, you know, non-binary or somebody who's trans, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah.
that was my take on taxidermia. <laughs> and this is not like that movie at all, but it, it's, it just sort of sparked this like thought that I have. Have you ever seen the movie called Cheap Thrills? Yeah. So that movie is real basic. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we start with piss and then we move on to shit and then we move on to blood and then we move on to like uh, a finger cut off or something mm-hmm. like that. And then, you know, finally we move to murder. But it's it's real basic, you mm-hmm. know, and you just have uh, people manipulating other people's bodies um, for entertainment. Mm-hmm. And um I'm like, okay. I watched this movie like a long time ago. Um, I heard the actor, um, an interview with the actor. And so I watched it and I was like, is that it? Like, <laughs> like what am I missing here? Yeah. Like, but, uh, uh, okay. I yeah. mean, um, I mean, I, I do think it is interesting from, you know, an interesting thing to think about, you know, what can we do um, with our bodies, you know, and if we want to rebel against something, if it's against the idea that there is a gender binary, or if we want to rebel against capitalism, or I don't know, whatever it is that we want to rebel against, then how could we do that with effectively with one's body? Yeah. That's an interesting thought. Yeah. And like, I, I, I certainly like the idea because, I mean, you you as a human, you as a person, if you're not a part of the powers that be, what else can you do but that in a way, you know? Like, Moral Scavagna, like, living in squalor, like, what can he do, you know? Like, mm-hmm. what is his avenue? Kind of the only thing is whatever he can do, you know, with himself, Um but I was intrigued by this, what seemed to be the moral was that doing so, though, turns you into the very reason why this system exists in the first place. I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Kind of bleak. Yeah, I, I think a, a feminist, a, a, you know, critique of that um, would be more interesting because right? I'm thinking of this, I'm thinking of this woman who's... Um, Anyway, I'm thinking of this particular woman, and she's she's like the most feminist person I can I can think of. Um, she does a podcast called VMI of uh, Veronica Mars Investigations, mm-hmm. and she just like recaps um, Veronica Mars episodes. And the last one they were talking about was. Um, I don't know. Veronica Mars is extremely problematic, which I didn't realize, you know, <laughs> when I was watching it. But um, Veronica Mars, the character, really has a problem with sex workers mm. and uh, really has a problem with trans people. Mm. And you know, it's like uh, what the two thousands or whatever when it came out. And so, um, uh, anyway, but. So there was something in the show where Veronica was talking to a sex worker and the sex worker said that all of her success came from interesting lingerie and luck, Mm -hmm. like in terms of like landing a good man. Mm. So Veronica goes shopping for interesting lingerie. And then they were like, what do you mean? Like, what would be interesting lingerie? Like 
dinosaurs on it or like <laughs> yeah that's like, interesting or like a crossword puzzle on the laundry <laughs> and I was, it just made me just the thought of that made me laugh because um you know yeah women should be you know considered more than just valuable for their for their bodies and yeah their for looks, sure you know yeah and yeah, I know it's obvious, but I mean, it's not, it's not given. No, it's not, a, it's not a given thought in oh, our for society sure. by, by a long shot. So yeah. um, I don't know, but so she's real, um, she's, it's kind of subtle, you know, but uh, she just is really great about it. So yeah, um, that, yeah, so that feminist, makes me, yeah, that makes me think of like, I, I really I feel like a lot of people feel like this too of like movies that involve any sort of minority group. It's like no like I'm not saying that there can't ever be movies talking about the oppression or that like oppression shouldn't exist in the world of a movie because I mean that is unfortunately a part of a lot of people's daily lives. At the same time, it's like when the only plot of the movie that of movies you can find relating to your specific demographic involves tragedy and your character revolving around this thing it's like mm. it's not fun like i was the other day just trying to find any movie with a trans guy i was just like i just want one like can i just find one and all yeah. of them were like uh, oh, it's at this one, at the end, he commits suicide. Like, oh, at the end of this, you know, it is all about how he gets misgendered every day. And it's like, I just want one where it's like, you know, a plucky trans guy doing <laughs> shit and him being trans. The only part that, that it has to do with that is just that's him, you know, but like, yeah. I don't want it to be like, and this movie is about a trans man. Like, no. Like, because if you just, it's like, what if every single, it's like, and like, men don't know how good they have it. Like, cis men no. don't know how good they have it. Cis het men, because their movies can just revolve around anything. And even it's like, like, and I think about this with like, like female characters in movies too. I mean, even movies where somebody's trying to subvert an idea the whole point has to be about subverting that idea. Like, oh, if there's like a big girl in the movie, it's like, well, guess what? I think big girls are beautiful. And it's like, fuck you. Like, why does this have to be like, oh, thank you. You know, it's like, yeah. can there just be like a main character who's a big girl and like, that's it. That's it. Yeah. There you go. It doesn't have to be like, this is about her gaining acceptance for her body. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I just I wish that there was more e either interesting critiques, interesting ideas and theories, or just normal shit, please. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a while, I think, before things are are normalized. Right? Do you know what I mean? Was even um, in like the Avengers, you know, it's like they had an end game. This is talked about so much. They have this this scene that's so like it's the girl power moment. It's like all the women are together and they're posing and they're like, women can be bosses too. Like they're like, listen, hashtag girl boss, women can be CEOs. And it's like, like you making it like this cheapens it in a way, like cheapens the moment yeah. because you're making it like a thing when like, 
like women's empowerment is good. Female superheroes, dope. You know, we do like, that's great. But like, it doesn't have to be like, and guys, it's girl power time. You know, like that's, it feels hokey to everyone. Nobody's enjoying it. Except for people who are like hashtag girl boss. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, well, I think with all of the appointments that Joe Biden is making, um, I think he just appointed a trans woman. Um, yeah. And I was listening to a show today that was like, that's great. Like, that's great. But. You know, it'd be nice if we didn't have to, like, talk about the fact that she's, like, the first trans woman to, like, do this job. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's frustrating. Yeah. Um, yeah. That we're such fucking idiots. Like, I was watching a show. <laughs> I was <laughs> I was looking for a new show, and I started watching this show called The Alienist. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to watch this show. But it... Um, it takes place around the turn of the 20th century and pe- people, I let, lo- I love that time period because people are so fucking stupid. Like they don't, they don't know about like germs. I mean, much less like societal stuff, but they're just like fucking dummies. And so it's just kind of fun, you know, to, to watch some <laughs> people being dumb. But then I'm like, ah, people are still real dumb. <laughs> yeah. Like as a species, we're not uh, doing awesome. No. You know? <laughs> no. I just dream of going away to my own little Animal Crossing town where it's just me and everyone I like. <laughs> no, no meanies yeah. allowed. Yeah, no meanies allowed. That I would say that, that that's my Twitch channel. Is only only cuties. Um, only is like cuties, when, no meanies. Yeah, only cuties, no meanies. Like I, um, like sometimes when like when I leave the the walls of my super supportive, amazing, you know, friends and family zone, and then I'm like, oh yeah, people are like this. Oh, let's go back. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I wanted to just sort of take a look back at season one because we're going to be moving into a new era of the show um, week after next. And I got this idea from Luke and Jake from the Spilling Guts podcast. They did a retrospective on their whole 2020 last week. Um, And we have less to retrospect, uh, but I wanted to get your take on the following categories. So uh, thinking about the, and just as a recap, these are the um, all watches that we did. And um, there obviously are movies that you just watched, movies that I just watched, but, um, and those can be in the mix too. But anyway, these are the all watches. We watched Wreck and Quarantine, Martyrs and Martyrs, Ringu and Ring, La Casa Muda, Under the Shadow, Wolf Creek, Black Christmas, The Last One's Out, and The Devil's Backbone. So for best ending, I said Black Christmas had the best ending. Mm. I said Martyrs. Mm-hmm. I knew you would. <laughs> it was just so good. <laughs> it just it made me feel so like... <sighs> Why, why did you say Black Christmas? 
Well, I had a feeling too, but it wasn't that feeling. It was kind of like, uh oh, <laughs> like mm. I don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen next. Mm. And um, Olivia Hussey is not safe. Mm-mm. And um, um, I like what you said. Like I sometimes I put it at the beginning of um, the podcast. You're like, these were not good police officers. <laughs> 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 so, so the guardians have failed, right? And then yeah. we have this psycho killer in the attic. Maybe she'll survive. Probably not, but we don't know. So I just like that. I just like that ending. I feel like false false senses of security are terrifying. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like this should be the time when you feel the fact that you don't even have a worry in the world and you should like that always gets me in a zombie movie is when people are just kind of like, hey, hey, buddy, are you OK? And they go right up to the zombie and you're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you don't even know how much trouble you're in. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't have a whole lot of final girls, Mac. Mm-hmm. This is true. <laughs> but I, my best final girl was Shide from Under the Shadow. I said the same. I just really I loved that character and that performance a lot. I think um I mean I I really liked Under the Shadow a lot, but I feel like my favorite part of the movie which I said was like the this full realistic portrayal of uh you know a woman and a mother and I feel like is one of a rare time where I've seen in my opinion like a a character unflinchingly just conveyed as a real ass human being like not a superhero not a villain like a human and um Mm. it's insane how um shocking that was to see and you know when i realized i was like oh have i ever seen such a night you know portrayal of of a woman as a full you know fully realized human i don't know so um yeah i enjoyed that Mm, me too um scariest movie um i said martyrs mm. i said Wreck. ridge uh-huh yeah it was a it was between the two for me actually um but i think i talking about feelings i think i was like the tensest mm. watching martyrs and um just scared about the um about the um what's that word the, the oh, the flaying. skin thing, flaying. I was, I was afraid. <laughs> oh, the flaying. <laughs> you know, uh, um, and uh, yeah. So I said that. So you said wreck. Um, yeah, wreck. Why did you say wreck? You know, this was kind of tough for me because I, I got to say, a lot of these I wasn't like scared by necessarily. Like I know that's not everything that horror has to offer, obviously, but. Um, that was kind of the one I think that made me feel the most like, huh, you know, mm-hmm. it had a lot of like, uh, yeah, you know, the pacing was so good in that movie. I Relentless. mean, hats off to those guys because it's just one, it's like one thing after another and it, it just follows so, so, so well. Yeah, for sure. Um, then I don't even know if this is a word, but I said dreadingest. <laughs> Dreadingest movie, and I said Wolf Creek. That's fair. I think that's totally fair. I said The Loved Ones, which you did not watch, but The mm-hmm. the Loved Ones to me had a lot of scenes where 
kind of like what I was saying earlier with taxidermia, there were times when they would set up something and like, you know where it's going, but you don't want it to go there, but you know, Mm -hmm. it's going to go there. That movie was like that one after. So I was, when I thought of dread, I was like, I feel like that fits my bill of dread, but I think Wolf Creek is, yeah, also because I mean, just even thinking of that, that, um, pressed or the, you know, the, the effects they had of the, the woman hanging there and you yes. know you you know it's going to happen even if you don't see it like now you're making me want to switch it to Wolf Creek. I'm going to say the loved ones slash Wolf Creek. Them Australians they they know they know how to make you feel dread. I just thought of another category too, but um, what is it? We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, villain, okay. best villain. Oh, but let's let's keep going here. So. Um, Biggest surprise out of watching all of these movies. So I thought this could be an actor that you never heard of or a movie moment. Um, so for me, it was Shaman Osebe. Mm-hmm. I never heard of him before. And then I watched two South African movies with him. And I love the man. I think he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was a big, nice surprise for me. Yeah. I got to say Anna and the Apocalypse um, mm-hmm. because I... I don't know why, like, just I really went in with really low expectations and then was, like, so delighted the whole time. And um, I I actually said Anna in the Apocalypse slash Taxidermia. Taxidermia because I wasn't expecting to feel um, so many bodily reactions to that film. Because, oh, I was going to say, I I would give Taxidermia for... Um, four generations of fucked up men out of five uh, generations. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I got to say, it's like, I, I don't enjoy the story very much and I don't really enjoy the meaning, but I got to give props because like, yeah. it's been a really long time since I've watched a movie that makes me feel so upset, you know, and not upset as in like emotional, but like physically upset and like, mm-hmm. It might not be, you know, um, uh, everyone's favorite thing. And certainly I'm not going to watch the movie again, but like I just had to give props. Like it just – so yeah, to me, I was so surprised. I was like, wow, I really wasn't expecting – I heard it was disturbing. But, you know, it's like I've seen a lot of disturbing movies and I'm like, okay, you know. But um, (laughs) no, this one, yeah. (laughs) Let's see. Best hybrid. And what I meant by this is it's a horror movie and something else. So horror movie drama, horror movie uh, gothic uh, ghost story. So for me, it was The Devil's Backbone. Mm -hmm. It was my favorite hybrid. How about you? I picked uh, Anna and the Apocalypse just because, I mean, horror musical feels like a pretty difficult thing to pull off, but they did it. Hmm. Okay, best remake. For me, I thought the best remake was The Ring. I agree. 100%. I feel like The Ring really captured, not in, you know, I I still think that it's not perfect. um, And there's things I would have changed. But I think many would agree that it can stand alone as its own movie. um, And does, does a lot of things better, even if I don't think it's exactly equal i do think it does to do things better than the original that's pretty great yeah yeah i thought yeah really an accomplishment and like far and away the best remake 
Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, we only watched a couple, but um, speaking of that, what do you think was the worst remake? I know you're going to agree with me 100% when I say Martyrs. Um, Martyrs. Oh, my God. God. Don't even. Fucking, it's not even worth watching. Oh, it's Jesus like. Jesus Christ. Throw it all away. It's an insult. Anyone who was your... a part of that movie, even the actors, should feel should ashamed. Should be ashamed. <laughs> And they should pay me $5. I watched it for free, but I deserve $5 for watching that. Uh, yeah. Fuck. Right? I mean, it's a waste of time. It's a waste of... Oh, I. it makes me mad just thinking yeah, about it. Yeah, I'm getting... My, my blood pressure's rising. Okay. Now, this is a category that you suggested. Most grotesque. I And I gotta be honest, I only suggested it because of this movie, Taxidermia. I was just like, whew, man. What about I'm you? I'm just looking over the list again. I don't know. It's Martyrs a tie. Martyrs or Wolf Creek. I I mean. Mm, fair. I Yeah, I think it's a toss up there. Um, all right. Biggest disappointment. I put last ones out. Oh, yeah. I You know, I'm not going to. I wasn't thinking of remakes, but I was thinking like. Last ones out, I was very interested in the premise of, and even the beginning of the movie, like the very beginning, I was like, I'm in. Like, and mm -hmm. then it just, oh, it just kept losing me. And I remember being sad at how bad it was. <laughs> yeah, it's a bummer. Right? Yeah, I will, I will agree. Um, all right. Overall favorite watch. You go. Mine is Blackwater, which you didn't watch. But um, it's a crocodile, crocodile movie crocodiles. from Australia. Oh, my God. And I didn't even know I loved crocodiles. <laughs> but um, it's a crocodile attack movie from Australia. It, 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 I, I had the most fun, I think, mm -hmm. watching that movie. And it was a surprising because um, the thought of watching the movie gave me dread. But then it <laughs> turns out I had a really good time. And then I learned a lot about crocodiles after that. So. And what a joy that was. And then we got our first sponsor. So I mean, like, I only good I things hope, came from you watching that. I hope they come back. Me too. Only because I, I want to feel safe again. <laughs> Knowing that they were on our side for a little bit. <laughs> oh, I think they still are on our side. You know, they just... Yeah. Um, not sure how to sign on to some of the shows mm. that we've done lately, but yeah, they haven't maybe, been answering the emails. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, what was the, what was your biggest disappointment? Matt? Oh no, my favorite. My oh, I'm sorry. Favorite. <laughs> time time loop. Rewind. What was your favorite watch, man? Martyrs. I've seen it before. But I really watched it again with like a more focused eye. And to me, what made what made it be my favorite, this scene really stuck out with me more so my second watch than the first time. But the scene where um, the main character is cleaning off the woman that she had found that was like super duper starved and stuff. It was just like the mo the kindest like mm -hmm. showing of giving mercy to someone that I've ever seen in a film, especially a horror movie, whereas mercy is just like, Psh, I shot it in the head. It's dead now. Like she humanized her. And I just thought that that in itself was a very feminist, I don't know, portrayal of even though the movie, I don't, I don't think you can call the movie feminist, but um, 
I don't know that maybe, maybe, but I could see why, why people wouldn't want to watch a woman be tortured. Um, but if you have to, I thought that scene just made it all worthwhile. Yeah. I agree. All right, we're going to move on to my watch. And I chose to watch a movie from India because I had never heard of it, Indian horror movie. And, and this is what I've learned. Them. Well, this is what I've learned about Indian horror. Mostly it's about haunted houses. Okay. Okay. That yeah. is like 90% of Indian horror. <laughs> <laughs> and usually it's like some, you know, angry female spirit. That is like haunt, yeah. So interesting. But now there were a couple that were in the running. One is called Shh, and that's S S S S H H H. Best movie title I've ever heard. Oh my god, this movie is almost three hours long. It is a horror. Wait, three musical. hours? Almost three it's hours. Two, long. It's two forty. <gasps> and um. It's not the one I'm going to talk about, but it's freely available on streaming services. Do yourself a favor if you've got three hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. But um, Indian really movies good. as a whole are always super duper long. Anytime I've watched a classic Bollywood movie with a friend, it's always been like, gee, can we get like an intermission in the middle of this? Like, I'm enjoying myself, but like, this is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> the guy, the guy who does the lead singing in the um, in this um, movie is amazing, and his character's name is Rocky. So, fuck yes, <laughs> this rocks. Oh my god, it was really fun. And then there was another one I watched, and I just can't. I didn't watch it all the way through, so I probably shouldn't um, talk about it at all. But it, what was cool about it was the setting was like. Uh, a snowy cabin Ooh. and everybody was like a dark-skinned Indian person mm -hmm. and it was just really really like cool and I know there was some psychological twist in there anyway I'll put it in the notes but the one I do want to talk about is called Tumbad mm -hmm. and it's from 2018 it's an hour 44 and I watched it on Prime pretty short um, a lot yeah <laughs> a, a lot of people um, are credited in the making of this movie, um, it seems like it was a labor of love for many, many years before it was actually made. But it was directed by Rahi Anil Barf, Anil, um, sorry, Anand Gandhi and Adesh Prasad, and it starred Sohum, Sohum Shah. There are other people in the film, but um, he's the most important character. Okay, so I just have a couple of facts and then I'll get into the plot. So Tumbad premiered in the Critics Week section of the 75th Venice International Film Festival, and it was the first Indian film to be screened there. Mm. The film had four color schemes, including blue, cold gray, red, and gold. Fifty lanterns and lamps were used for several scenes to avoid modern-day lighting techniques ah. since it was a period film. It is really gorgeous to look at. Just you know, you could watch it with the sound off. It's just a, it's just amazing to look at. But uh, don't do that. But you could. <laughs> okay. So 
we start with a voiceover. Um, there's an animation for this part, but what's happening is um, Vinaya Rao, who's the main character, he tells his 14-year-old son, Pandurang, about the goddess of prosperity. So she is the symbol of unlimited gold and grains, and the earth is her womb. When the universe was created, she gave birth to 160 million gods. Damn. Hastar, her first and most beloved offspring, was greedy for all her gold and food. Hastar managed to acquire the gold from the goddess, but the other gods attacked him just as he was about to acquire her food. But the goddess saved him on the condition that he could never be worshipped and would be forgotten by history. For years, Hastar has been sleeping inside his mother's womb. So that's the setup. That's a lot already. I know you're already like, "Wow, <laughs> this is cool." Okay, so we so we uh, open on 1918 in Tumbad, and that's the name of a city. So Vinayak's mother, whose name is Maharashtra, she serves the local lord. His name is Sarkar, and she does that by. Um, doing sex work for him. Um, he has a statue of Hastar, and in, in the hands of the statue is one gold coin. So she's doing the sex work um, for him in the hopes that she'll get that gold coin someday. Mm. Meanwhile, uh, Vinayak has a brother, um, Sadashif. Um, they live in this house with this monster. The monster is the great-grandmother of the Lord that the mother is taking care of. Okay, so this monstrous woman, (laughs) she's like sleeping, um, and when she wakes up, there's a way to put her back to sleep, and you say, go to sleep, else Hastar will come for you. So if you say that phrase, she conks right out, and she's like, you know, no threat at all. Um, but you do have to feed her, and so that's the mother's job. And the mother also has to, like, clip her toenails, and they're mm. really nasty and gross. Um, so one night, the mom is late, and then the boys are like, what are we going to do? And they're like, I don't know, we'll just feed this old monster. Um, and they are just about to do that when the mother, you know, comes, and she, like, slaps the boys, and she's like, what are you doing? Because this monster is really, really uh, dangerous and everything. The mansion where the Lord lives, it has this crazy high, heavy door and these spikes coming out of it. And it's just like really awesome. Um, so he uh, dies. The Sarkar dies. And um, so the mother says, let's get out of here. You know, let's go to this place called Pune. Um, but Vinayak is like, uh what about that gold? <laughs> <You know? laughs> There's supposed to be a treasure that's hidden somewhere in the mansion. And now Sadashev is kind of, he's hip to the dangers of the gold. And he's like, even talking about it brings bad fortune and immediately mm. falls out of a tree and hits his head. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so the mother comes and she um, gets a, a man to to carry the wounded child, and she leaves behind um, Vinayak. Um, he's gonna, now going to have to take care mm-hmm. of that monster. 
And this is one of my favorite parts of the whole movie. Now, um, he can't remember the name of the god that's like the magic word to put the monster to sleep. And um, meanwhile, the mother's crying. Also, it's always raining in this town, like, like you know, deluges. And I looked at a little bit of a, a promotional materials. It was in Hindi, but um, mm-hmm. I watched it anyway. And like, they had like these huge um, hoses, like just constantly like dampening. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, but so it's always like, you know, pouring down rain. So the driver's like, do you want to just go to the graveyard? Or do you still want to go to the doctor? So the kid's dead. Um, And she Mm. says, um, take me back to the mansion. All right. So Vinayak's left alone with the monster. He's freaking the fuck out. (laughs) And he goes to, like, find some food. Um, The rice is all moldy. Mm. And he knocks it over. And now all the rice is, like, spilled on the ground. And so then he lifts up to get some flour and he pours it all over his head. Oh, so he's just like, what is he going to do? And now the monster's awake and she's like, who is this young prince? And she's <sighs> got this like crazy, like squeaky, like growly, like, ah! like yeah. crazy voice. It's like super, super scary. And then we don't see her very clearly, you know, because we don't have electricity or anything, but she's got this huge neck and then she's got boils and she's just, Mm. just nasty. So (laughs) she, uh, she also has, um, two, uh, two nails running crisscross across her mouth. So there are these super long nails that are running crisscross across her mouth. Mm. Okay, so he's he's like he's like Hassan, like he's like just trying to remember like what is the name of the god, you know, and he can't remember it or anything. And so she's she puts this um, shackle around his ankle and drags him into her lair. Oh god! And then she has this weird setup where like it's a table with like a hole cut out of it, and then she just like pulls his head up through the hole, terrifying. And then she pulls out one of the the nails from her mouth and the blood's like falling on the kid and she's just about to stab the kid when he goes hostar hostar you know go to sleep you know or hostar will get you so you know crisis averted but that was a very exciting scene yeah okay so they go back to the mansion the mother gets the gold coin and um Let's see. Uh, they're going to leave for Pune. And she's really mad. She, he, He's like, well, we should go back for that gold. And she has that one gold piece. And she's like, here, you know, if it's so important to you, take this. And um, and they get into this power struggle because he's like, this is like one piece <laughs> of gold. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, we could go get a bunch more if mm-hmm. we could, like, figure out where the gold is. And she's like, you idiot. Like. <laughs> yeah brother is dead you know so um anyway she's like slapping him and she's like promise me that you'll never return to tombad and he's like yeah fine i never will (laughs) so 14 years later vinyak is uh an adult and he goes back to tombad um he goes to the old woman who has you know she's still been in this place and her body has like 
meshed with the ground and the and the walls and everything so like her heart is like beating on like the side of the wall and like her lungs are over here and there's a fucking tree like growing out of her like stomach and that makes him laugh because he's kind of a psycho but um (laughs) she's like um he's like hey grandma like can you tell me where all that gold is and she's like you don't want it because you're, if you get it, you're going to turn into a monster like me. And this is like a fate worse than death. Please kill me. Mm. And he's like, all right, I'll kill you. But you got to tell me where that gold is. So um, she's like, okay, fine. So she says that there's a well that leads to a goddess's womb. And that's where Hastar dwells. And so he sets her on fire and she dies. Damn. Now, Hastar was able to steal the gold, remember, but he wasn't able to steal the food. So he's like starving, like mm. for all this time. So in order to sort of dispel him, what you have to do is make this doll out of flour and water. Because mm. he desires flour like like I do. Okay, so Vinayak trains himself to climb down this long rope and he you know, makes these dolls. And so um, while the god is, like, distracted by the food, um, then Vinayak, like, pulls the loincloth of the god and all these gold pieces, like, shoot out. Yeah. And then he grabs as many as he can and then, you know, he goes up the rope. Um, He's in terrible debt. And so he gives his first gold coin to this guy who's – his name is Raghav, and he's kind of like – the town dirtbag. He's kind of like, I mean, I think he's kind of like, um, what do you call that? Like, like those check lending places. Like, I think he's one of those oh, types. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's also an opium merchant. Mm. Um, but uh, so he's like, huh? What's up with this gold? Yeah. You know. Um, and so Vinayak tricks Raghav into going into the womb. And Hastar, like, gets him, like, right away. Damn. And, um, you know, gets him and, like, sucks him to this wall. He, like, becomes one with the wall. It's kind of cool. Meanwhile, Vinayak is married, and he and his wife have the son, Pandurang, mm-hmm. who was the kid from the beginning. Um, I should say, before <laughs> before Raghav bit it, um, he was in debt to Vinayak, in order to get out of debt, he sold his widowed daughter-in-law. Oh my god! To Vinayak, and the wife is like, "Um, uh, what's happening right now?" Jesus. And he's like, "Oh, well, you wanted a maid, didn't you?" And she's like, "Yeah, but like, why is she like sleeping upstairs where you go every night? Like, you know, yeah, it's she's completely like, like." Not cuckolded. What did you say? Cuck queen. Cuck queen. Yeah, she's, she's a cuck queen. <laughs> All right. Well, his kid uh, grows up when he's 14. Um, he's been practicing all this time um, to eventually be, go, be able to go into the, into the womb to get the gold. Um, so, anyway. So, Vinayak takes him 
to the place and he's like, don't worry about a dough doll. We're just practicing today. Um, but the kid brings the dough doll and, and um, they nearly don't escape um, because it was a really reckless thing to do. Um, and so the dad is like really mad and um, he, but Ponderong's like, hey, look, dad, why don't we steal the loincloth itself Mm. And that way we'll have all the gold. And what we'll do is we'll make these dough, we'll make a bunch of dough dolls so that like, as soon as like he's eating one and he's done with that, then we just throw him another one. Um, so his dad's like, oh, you're a pretty mm. smart kid. And he gives him a gold piece. And the kid, who's like 14 now, he propositions the mistress. And he's just like turning into a scumbag because he's kind of like, like, uh, yeah, I want you to, like, make me not be a virgin. But also, uh, my dad is going to sh- get this loincloth from this god, and I'm going to be on top after that. So, oh, my God. He's just, like, a real scumbag. But she's kind of like, oh. She's <laughs> into know, it. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's going to have all this money. Okay, this is, like, the coolest part. Okay. So they go, the plan is to get the loincloth. They've got all these dough dolls. And um, so the kid is coming down the rope. The father's already in there. And the father's got two dolls. And Hostar's in front of him. And Hostar splits into two. (gasps) (laughs) So then all of these, like, gods appear all over their womb because for every doll there's another iteration of the god oh shit so now instead of one they have to fight like 30 or 40 or whatever yeah so there's no way in hell that they're going to be able to get out of that no so vinarak um ties all the dolls to himself and his kids like no dad no um but you know the kid gets uh gets free he climbs up the rope he gets free and the father follows him but the father's a monster now oh god Um, and he's all like nasty and disgusting and everything but he's got the loincloth so he's like i got it son um and and but ponderong's like no i don't i don't want it i don't want it yeah you know and um he's you know the dad's all disgusting and like there's only one thing that you can do you have to set him on fire Mm. so he does he sets his father on fire and um he's crying and crying and crying and crying and he um you know sort of makes his way out of the mansion and the last shot is he pulls this heavy door closed behind him, and then it says Tumbad. Ah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, it's like so great. It was so great, and I love it. And so I think sick. everyone should watch it. It is so sick. <laughs> there's a there's a bunch of stuff I didn't tell you about, like this like British guys in there, and the um, there's this whole like montage where Vinarak is sort of like corrupting Ponderong, mm. and. I, I like it because it just takes the simple concept of greed mm-hmm. and it it shows it in all its monstrosity. Yeah. And I just I just love it. And now I can't find anything else to watch because there's nothing that's as awesome as this, you know? <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do? What's your rating system? Oh yeah. 
Mm, I'm gonna give it four and a half out of wow. five doe dolls. Dang. Because yeah. um, it was just so cool. I I really really loved it, and I I know you know it's it's not a slasher. I mean it's 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 sort of a the the parable parable or whatever. But I it's um, scary. Some of it is freaking scary. That monster lady in the beginning yeah. scared me a lot. Um, they did a super, super job. So, you know, they worked really hard to make it um, accurate. They didn't have any electricity. They just had lanterns and stuff. And um, it just seems like a lot of people were involved to try to make this thing happen. So that's great. I'm glad they did. Mm-hmm. So, so we have a special announcement. Oh. Um, we're taking a week off next week before we return with season two. Um, and when we do, friend of the show, Quinn, will be joining the podcast, not as a special guest, but as a regular contributor. Now, before we started recording, Mac, I gave you some options for what we could do for our first show back. Mm-hmm. And do you remember what they were? Funny games. Uh-huh. And... Dark Water, mm-hmm. and I don't remember the third one. One Missed Call. One Missed Call. And... Let the Right One In. Oh, Let the Right One In. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to do and funny so what, games. Okay, I knew it. I fucking knew it. I knew <laughs> it. I knew it. I want to do it because Quinn was like, I never want to see this. Oh, my God. So oh, let's just get the, let's get the hardest one out of the way okay. first. I want to see... Okay, fair point. Um, I don't know who's in the first, I don't know the cast members in the first one. I know that Naomi Watts, Tim Roth, and what the hell is that kid's name? Michael Penn? Michael, fuck. Anyway, he's he's got a really interesting face. He was in Hedvig and the Angry Inch. Um, He played um, Tommy Gnosis. That, I like that kid. Um, I think he does a great job. But anyway, I know what it's about, and I don't want to watch it. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I picked it. (laughs) I know. But you've seen it before? I've seen the original, but I've never seen the remake. And I'm interested in the remake because I know that the the people involved with the original helped make the remake. So I feel like that means it's probably going to be better than perhaps a Martyrs remake. One would hope. Low bar, though. <laughs> yeah, very low bar. <laughs> um, yeah, it's the same director, and he did oh, it 10 okay. years apart. Isn't that crazy? See, yeah, that's that's interesting to me. I'd like to see what he does differently. All right, so now I need you to say funny games. Okay. Okay. That's it for this week. Join us next time in season two when we look at... Funny games. Before we go, Wohos, we want to say thank you so much for supporting us. It means the world of horror to us, truly. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Eh, sort of Facebook. I'm kind of phasing that out. And we, rumor has it, are working on YouTube. If you like this podcast, please tell your friends. Even, look, even if you don't think your friends would be interested in international horror movies. Do it, coward. <laughs> you you would be supporting women and trans people in podcasting. Yeah. 
and you should do that. You really moms should. Moms and sons in a, a really underrepresented and moms demographic. And sons. Absolutely. <laughs> also, leave a good review in places where people leave reviews, please. If you want to get in touch with us, you can at worldofhorror96 at gmail.com. Don't go into the basement. Hey, Wohos. It's time for the thanks, refs, and follow-ups bit. I'd like to thank Audacity, Buzzsprout, Charles Michel de Leon, Alan Hyde, IMDB, Quinn McLaughlin, Pixabay, Spilling Guts Podcast, The Gay Jimmy Buffett, Wikipedia, and Helen Zaltzman. That website I was talking about is called pronounce.voanews.com. VOA News is all one word. And I wanted to uh, recommend a couple uh, Hindi horror films and uh, Telugu horror film that I thought was pretty awesome. Um, the Telugu one or Tollywood, I guess it's called, is um, called Gatham, G-A-T-H-A-M. It's from 2020 and has one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen in a movie ever. Do yourself a favor. Uh, that was the one that took place in this snowy cabin. Um, it was really uh, pretty cool, but actually, uh, you know, full disclosure, I didn't finish it. There was also one called 13B from 2009. The full title something like 13 Beer. <laughs> nope. 13B Fear has a new address. And then one that I almost talked about on the show, but it doesn't really fit the horror genre, or does it? I don't know. It's about a serial killer, and it's called Psycho Raman Ragov 2.0 from 2016. Oh, lordy. It is very good. Um, it's, um, yeah, it's a story of a serial killer. And it's shocking and uh, violent, and I I liked it quite a bit. So that's that. Please join us next week. Uh, Quinn and I are going to have a short discussion about um, what's coming up on the podcast, and then in two weeks we are going to be back talking about funny games. Heaven help me. Thanks for being here. We love you. Don't go into the basement. <laughs>